Hi guys, it's just me this week, so I'll be answering more grad school questions to help you prepare for your first day. Hi, I'm Melissa Joseph. I'm a certified speech-language pathologist. And I'm Haley McCute, and I'm a certified speech-language pathologist assistant. And we're the Pediatric Speech Pals. Hi guys, welcome back. Um, so today, obviously, Haley is not here with us. She um, actually has the flu. Um, so she was unable to make it, but she is hopefully going to be here next week and on the mend. Um, so today I just wanted to kind of cover a topic that we have been getting a lot, and these are certain questions about how to study for grad school, uh, first aid jitters, books, if you should buy them or not, um, you know, what to do versus what not to do, just as you guys approach your first day of grad school, we're getting a couple more questions about it. So we figured we might, or I guess I figured, <laughs> um, I might answer some of those questions right now. Um, so I guess we'll just get started. Uh, the first question that I'll probably be answering is, um, it was like basically explain what happened on your first day. So when I got to my first day of grad school, it was like a welcome week. So each day, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, we had um, very, very welcoming um, presentations with where we met the professors, we met the stu other students, um, and we just talked about everything. We talked about how the courses are going to be. We talked about, and this is probably subjective, obviously, to my school and could be different, but just to give you an idea of what it could be like at your school. Um, we talked about making friendships within the cohort. We talked about how it's no longer a man-eat-man -man sort of world and more of about more about a collaborative environment. Um, obviously, you do your own work, but still, um, you don't have to stress so much about stress so much about it, basically, just because in undergrad, you're at least I was, I was so stressed about like, even if I got a B, you know, like it's on a test, not even like on a full grade. Like it's just very stressful because everything was so competitive. So in this now grad school environment, it's just, you just got to pass. And even though, you know, you kind of do well throughout the school anyways, at least again in mind, because they kind of support you in that way. Um, as long as you get a B total like that's you just have to pass the classes um then you are mastered in that area and then you move on to the next class so um that's what they talked about which was actually very helpful and um relieved a lot of my stress going in just knowing it wasn't as as competitive um because like i said undergrad was a competitive like nightmare <laughs> it's just a lot of stress um so yeah, so we had a welcome week and then the, on that Friday, um, we had like a party. And so the party was with the second year grad students and it was super helpful there too because you got to ask very specific questions about the program and anything that you had questions about regarding, I mean, basically what I'm answering for you guys here, but more specific. Um, and it was really helpful. So hopefully your school does something like that. And if they don't, maybe you can reach out to a second year, um, make friends with them. We worked with them um, throughout the, the years. So maybe you guys can ask them those questions already. 
um, by herself if that isn't something they provide. Um, Haley's, I'm not sure because hers was an online program. So maybe um, down the line when she's feeling better, we can get her take on that as well um, and just see how her first day and everything went. I think it was... Um, I don't know. I don't want to speak for her, but I think it was more like, obviously, because it was over Zoom, it probably was a little bit less of that um, welcoming sort of week. But um, but yeah, we'll probably refer back to Haley for that answer. Um, the next question I got was about books. So some of you were wondering whether or not we should rent the books or we should buy the books. And this one, I think, is probably a personal opinion. Um in my opinion, I would say rent as many as you can, save the money. Um, some of them you had to buy. And in that case, obviously, I would buy them. Um, if you feel like you're super passionate about a certain class or a certain field, maybe then you can buy the book. But in my experience, um, I don't really go back to those books that often. If I have a question about something or want to reference something um, that is in a specific field that I'm more passionate about, like, for example, early education or, um, you know, the early little baby preschool kiddos, like working with them versus, you know, the adults. Like I bought Laura Mize's um, handbooks and all that stuff at the very start. And it was really helpful and very hands-on and very, well, I've already talked about this, <laughs> how much we love her. But um, if you haven't seen her and you also think you're doing um, pediatrics as well, you should go check her out because she is awesome, awesome, awesome. Um, so that would be my advice. Save the money if you can. If you have to buy them, buy them. Um, but just know that you'll probably want to buy different handbooks or different CEUs as you um, go through after your whole grad school and everything. And I think those will probably be a little bit more helpful and more specific to what you are doing. Um, so yeah, I mean... You only need the books really for your class, in my opinion. Um, what? Okay, the, so the next question was, did you need to take therapy materials, books, etc., to like the classes and um, your clinical fellowships and things like that? Um, in my experience, um, the uh, grad school supervisors provided all this for us. So if you wanted to bring like a, a fun um, toy or something you made or um, I don't know, just something you thought would be fun for a therapy session or something, you were more than welcome to do that. Um, I didn't have any toys at the time and I didn't have any books at the time even. Um, and so I didn't really come with any of that. They were all provided and it wasn't really expected for me to bring any of those. It was just kind of if you wanted to go above and beyond, you could bring those. Um, but yeah, it wasn't something that was like, you know, make sure you're bringing this. And I didn't, but it was more of those things where I was just like, meh, if you don't have it, don't bring it. Um, I've got it all. So, um, Again, that could depend on supervisor um, and, you know, what they are asking you to bring per um, clinical fellowship and such. But, or I'm sorry, I keep saying clinical fellowship. That's not what I mean. I mean um, your externships within grad school. Um, but yeah, those externships, your supervisors there, um, they don't have you uh, bring all that materials and such. Your clinical fellowship, 
you may have to because <laughs> now you're the SLP. So you may have to buy all those things. Or um, if you work in a clinic, they'll provide it for you, things like that. So yeah, your clinical fellowship's a little different than the externship. But um, as far as the externship and the grad school, those that um, experience, you don't, in my opinion, you don't need to bring them or my experience. Um, we had another question asking us where we studied for our grad programs. Um, I studied at Cal State San Marcos and Haley is at the University of St. Augustine's um, with the online program. And um, I had a really great experience at mine. Super, super supportive. Everybody was awesome. Um, the teachers were amazing. The classes were very informative. I felt like I got a good degree. Um, I came out feeling very um, ready and prepared. I mean, obviously, our last <laughs> our last um, episode was about imposter syndrome. So that definitely happens regardless of whether or not you feel like you've gotten good experience in your grad school and whatnot. But um, yeah, I mean, I think overall it was a good, a really good experience. And I think Haley's kind of going through it right now. <laughs> um, and she overall, I think, is liking um, being able to work full time and also have a job. And I think um, it gets hard at times, which obviously doing both like that is difficult. Um, but she is making it work and she's doing great. So um, go Haley. <laughs> um, the next question was what to do versus what not to do. And this um it's very similar, I would say, to what you would do in undergraduate, you know, like what you would do in undergraduate versus what not you wouldn't do in undergraduate. So it does carry over pretty easily. But with that being said, some of my tips um, would be to like remember that you also this is also two years of your life, you know, so like try not to stress so much about it. I um, feel like in grad school, I had a pretty good like grad school and life balance and I think that really helped with my stress levels I think it really helped with overall my grad school experience in general um and I think obviously I didn't have any kids um going through it I wasn't working a full-time job and some so some people obviously have different experiences going through their grad school but um I think that if you are able to have that life and you know if you want to go out to dinner go out to dinner if you want to have a weekend where you just do nothing and you just need a break um you know make sure you're preparing for that in the week prior so that you can give yourself that break and just try to enjoy your life while still going to grad school and remember that you are learning stuff that you want to be doing for the rest of your life you know so um or as your career and so it's typically very interesting and so for me I was like really enjoying all my classes and all my um externships and so it's it's fun you know like grad school is a fun thing undergrad you're learning all this theory and in grad school you get to apply all of it and everything you're learning you then get to apply and um with actual clients and littles and adults and you know middle schoolers and the whole range of people and it's really 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 cool and you get to see which one you like better and which one is um you know the the field you want to go into you get to apply certain you know like I said when we had Matt on here he, we were doing more of the medical stuff and like even though I didn't go that route like it was still very interesting like it was scary at times like I remember we did a trach or um, an endoscopy and people were like volunteering to put the 
um, the tube down their nose and, um, or maybe it was, maybe, well, no, it was through their nose and down like through their throat. And I remember like, that's when I really was like clicked in my brain, like, okay, you can't do this (laughs) because I was so stressed for everybody that it was, that it was happening to. I was just like, oh my God, are you okay? Are you okay? Like, you know, obviously, yes, they're okay. You know, this is just kind of like what the procedure is, but it was, um, and you know, I'm sure I could have gotten over it, but it was just one of those things where I was so stressed that like they were in pain that it was one of those things where I was like, oh, okay, well, maybe this isn't the the route you take. Um, and so those are the things you learn again. So grad school is really fun. And I hope you guys remember that. Um, and study hard, you know, learn everything you can do the best you can when you're in it, like try and be as present as you can when the the presentations are happening because obviously um otherwise you just kind of have to teach it yourself but um you know after the class <laughs> if you're kind of in a different space during it but you know things happen um but yeah i mean basically try to make as many friends as you can with your cohort i think that really helps with the experience um try not to procrastinate i think that really helped me um and try not to stay up really late before due dates. Like, again, that procrastination thing, again, it just makes for the experience to go a lot easier. Um, so, yeah, so I would say what to do. Just remember that you get to be doing an experience that so many people have wanted to do and were maybe denied from because they got rejected this year and you wanted to do this field and experience it to the fullest and you know it's it's like i said it's stressful yes but it's it's fun it's what you wanted to do and it's it's very cool it's a very fun time in my experience <laughs> um so yeah so that was you know hopefully that kind of gave you a little bit idea of what to do versus what not to do in grad school um Again, I think this is very similar to undergrad. You know, what not to do is just more um, what you, you know, don't cheat. You know, like things like that. Just like be smart about what you're doing during grad school. Try not to wait till last minute deadlines. Um, Don't, I don't know, be rude to your professors or other students. Don't... um, be rude to any supervisor. Just know they're helping you out the best they can. Um, and you've, if you're if you have a supervisor who's kind of rude to you, one time I did have a supervisor who was kind of rude to me. But um, again, let it happen. <laughs> I mean, like you're doing something for them, and I don't know. Maybe maybe you wouldn't agree with that, but I just feel like they are also helping you go through grad school so if you need to kind of put up with a rude comment here and there like yeah if it gets too far obviously talk to somebody and you know whatever but um but just don't you be rude back you know try and keep as as professional as you can um okay so the super super popular question that we got was study tips for exams praxis um and just the tests in general kind of things um I think for, I mean, overall study tips were the same, but um, for the praxis, it was a little bit different because obviously like I didn't have to do tests and such like that. Also, it was like I had some period of just like blank time, I think during like Christmas break or something um, 
can't remember exactly when it was, but I think it was Christmas break is when I was like really hard studying for it or maybe spring break or something. Um, but yeah, so some of my tips, I just wrote down a few. Some of my tips were to like in neuroanatomy, I used to draw out all of my neuro stuff just because I have like a visual brain. And so like I would draw out things that I needed to draw out and like that would help me learn things. Um, try and get a study group, talking with others, um, explaining the process that you're learning, um, I think is really helpful. Uh, try to study ahead of time, as we discussed earlier, practice on a, on a person. So like an oral mech exam, like I pr- would practice on a different person or, you know, when we had to do certain trach stuff or when we had to do therapy or stuff like that, it's like, sometimes it's just helpful to practice on a person before you are given the exam, um, or the test or whatever assessment they're doing, um, for you. Um, explain what you're learning, learning. So actually this one's a duplicate. So yeah, just talk about what you're learning to another person because again, it like kind of cements in your brain and then you're like, oh yeah, when I was explaining that, blah, blah, blah. Um, Take breaks. I think, I mean, in my opinion, these are the important ones um, because you're, you're so focused. You're so focused. Your brain needs a little bit of time to like put it in the space of your brain. (laughs) Um, And so just try and take some breaks throughout because if it's go, 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 it can be kind of difficult. Um, try not to skip out on sleep. I never pulled an all-nighter ever throughout all of my years of schooling. And, um, I think this was really helpful. Like I just need sleep. I'm just one of those people. Um, and so I think if you can try to get the sleep, I think you, your brain learns and like holds the information better. You function better. You make better decisions. You just overall are a happier person if you are able to go to sleep that night and wake up in the morning early if you need to and um, study more. Oh, you can like color coordinate your notes. So like if you have different color highlighters, um, just again, more of like a visual thing. Um, You can write things out versus type notes, whichever sort of is helpful for you. You can record yourself reading your lectures and then listen to it, listen to it, listen to it. Maybe when you're going for walks, things like that. Um, You can make songs about it. I don't know if you guys remember like the Miley Cyrus song about like, you know, her body parts, whatever. So something like that, I think um, is catchy. (laughs) if you have that sort of um, study ability. Um, And maybe just go over and develop questions that you have. So like go over early um, and then ask the questions that you have and then go to your teacher. And so if you're going to your teacher at the last second, they may be like, hey, you know, it's kind of late for this. But if you go to your teacher like a week before and you're like, hey, I was studying the, you know, the stuff for the exam and I was just curious about this, they're way more open to talk about this. And then you know what you don't know and you can have time to ask your professors these questions. Um, And then, yeah, if you are kind of trying to study quickly, maybe study what you don't know first. And sometimes I feel like we, um, this might be an obvious one, but sometimes I feel like we study what we know and we're like, okay, yeah, mm -hmm, going over this, over this, over this. And sometimes we don't know what we don't know. But um, if you do know what you don't like, if you're kind of looking, you're like, oh, shoot, I don't really know that as much. I'll go back to that. It's like, well, no, try and study that as much as you can because you know you know some of this stuff. Um, And so I don't know. That's what I have found to be helpful throughout my years. Again, studying is different for everybody, but that's what I did for exams, tests, um, the same thing, but um, I don't know, everything like that, which was different. Um, The praxis was a little bit different because I was given like, so at the end of each, uh, I think it was at the end of each course or maybe even like 
I don't know, at the end of a certain amount of time, you're given like a little praxis sheet, at least I was. And so you just combine all those little sheets and um, study over that. So it was just like a massive binder of study material. Again, the praxis, like, yeah, it's good to study this and make sure you do and study as much as you can. But again, you've been learning this for the past two years. And so um, hopefully you have studied well enough throughout the years that now when it comes to this big test, it's not like completely gone and you still are able to understand like cramming. Sometimes you just like can't remember it the, the day after the test. Whereas if you're studying it throughout like appropriately and like the best you can and like where you're really remembering and retaining this information, which hopefully you are because this is, you know, so important. Um, but if you aren't, I mean, it's okay. You'll learn it again. You'll learn it soon. Um, but if you are retaining that information, then the practice should be a little bit easier um, as far as, because again, it's pass fail. So as far as trying to pass. So hopefully um, those study tips were helpful. Um, okay. So I had one more question about building relationships with your clinical fellowship supervisors or just like people in your clinical fellowship. Um, I think this, again, is is dependent on one, who you are as a person, just like what you're comfortable with, and two, um, maybe how your experience is like at your clinical fellowship. Um, for me, I had a very welcoming clinical fellowship. I had supervisor who was very sweet, very nice, um, was really welcoming and you know, I was able to ask her a lot of questions, but not only her, like there were a lot of um, other SLPs around me that were, again, very welcoming. So, um, you know, we were able to talk while we were at work all the time, um, just be able to chit chat, build that relationship, but also build, a, build that relationship of like, hey, is it okay if I come ask you some questions sometimes? Um, you know, because everybody knows you're learning and you're there, like, as a clinical fellow. And so it's okay um, if you have these questions. And honestly, I think you should have questions. And if you don't, then, you know, you don't know everything yet. And so um, if you kind of have the opinion that you do know everything, I think you may run into some mistakes down the line. Um, so as long as you have that open growth mindset and going in and like, hey, you know, I'm here to learn. I want to learn everything I can so that I could be the best independent SLP um, that I can be and just continue to grow and learn from others who have more experience in you. And I think realizing they have more experience is, is a lot of help um, and listening to them. So utilize them as much as you can. Um, but yeah, I mean, as far as building relationships with clinical fellowship, within your clinical fellowship, I think that's how, how I did it. Um, so it's just kind of like, you know, with your coworkers, just kind of building that relationship, but making sure to keep it an open one. Um, but yeah, I mean, I hope I answered that question correctly. Um, let me know if it was a little bit different of what you were hoping for um, answer-wise. All right, guys. Well, that wraps up this week's video. Hopefully, you enjoyed it. I really enjoyed answering all your questions. Thank you for submitting them. If you want to leave more questions down below, hopefully, I will be able to answer them in either another video, um, kind of podcast like this, or just more, if there are more specific questions, I'll just answer them right there. Um, but yeah, I mean, if you're listening on the podcast, feel free to head to our YouTube and um, leave a question if you have one. Other than that, hopefully I will see you with Haley next week. And I hope you guys have a good rest of your week. Bye. If you are ever curious about where we got our research or want to learn more, refer to our YouTube description box where we will leave links to the resources we used.
We'd like to thank our producer, David Martinez. If you want more speech tips, don't forget to like and subscribe to our YouTube channel, like us on our Facebook page, and follow us on our Instagram and TikTok at Pediatric Speech Pals. Lastly, if you have any questions or concerns, email us at pediatricspeechpals at gmail.com.